Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the fundraising school. Today we're looking at natural disasters. We had quite a few in 2017, hurricanes and earthquakes, uh, and even some acts of violence that led to significant charitable giving in the United States. That's the great news. The other nonprofits who aren't involved directly in that work wonder, is this going to have an impact on my annual fund and on my relationship with our donors? And here to help us answer that question is Dr. Patrick Rooney. Patrick is the Executive Associate Dean of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. He is a national and international expert on a wide range of philanthropic topics, including charitable giving, and especially on this subject of natural disasters and charity. And Patrick, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Bill. Wow, 2017, it seemed for a while there, every time we opened up the newspaper, there was a hurricane here, then an earthquake somewhere else, a huge act of violence tragically uh, elsewhere in the States, and America, as it's been known to do for decades and centuries, rose up philanthropically to make a difference. And everybody supports that, of course, but then other nonprofits wonder, what's this gonna do to my annual fund? What does your research show? Yeah, so Bill, there's a couple kind of key findings that will, I hope, assuage some of these concerns, yeah. but we'll see. Um, you know, what we've seen following the attack on America, following the tsunami, following Katrina and so on, was that many Americans responded philanthropically. For the domestic ones, about two out of three Americans reported giving something wow. to each of these major disasters. And the international ones, it's, it's less, but like for the tsunami, the Asian tsunami, uh, it was about one out of three Americans reported giving something at all. But in each of those cases, the mean was in the $125 to $135 range. The median was $50. So if you ask me, just intuitively, I would say that that median amount is something, and even the mean amount, is something that you could spend 50 to 100 bucks going out for dinner, going out for drinks, going bowling, whatever it right. is that you like to do for entertainment. And so I don't really think that based on that superficial analysis that people were reallocating their giving um, because they gave to a disaster. Now I think some charities are adversely affected. Um, organizations like the local Salvation Army or the local mm. United Way. If I'm an annual fund donor to them and a big disaster happens, I may send them my annual fund check and then say, please pass this along to the victims and their families, right? So in my mind, I'm getting a twofer out of that, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting my annual fund gift and I'm doing something for that disaster. For that local charity, they become a pass-through and they're not getting anything that helps their local organization. So I think that's the one group that's adversely affected. Another way we looked at this was we looked at macro data historically. Okay. And we did regression analysis, statistical analysis of Right, let's compare normal years where there were not major disasters to abnormal disaster-related years. And was there a statistical anomaly associated with those years? And what we found was there was no statistically significant result between the disaster years and the non-disaster years. And so we think that, again, the people are not making, they're not making huge amounts of individual gifts to each disaster, they're making you know, they're coming forward, yeah. but they're not doing it in a way that they say, all right, I'm gonna stop giving to my congregation or my alma mater or my you know, favorite charity. So I don't think it has an impact. Um, Mark Wilhelm, who's one of our faculty mm -hmm. members, uh, just did a job talk of that, or a presentation that I heard recently that he talked about um, 
disaster relief in the United Kingdom, and they had a panel study of five years of data of virtually every charitable gift to um, all types of charities from 100,000 donors okay. over five years, and he called it lift and shift. And so hmm. what he found was that during disasters and immediately, immediately right after disasters, giving to disaster relief organizations shifted up. Okay. And, you know, so that lifted their giving, and it also lifted up giving to other charities. Oh. So that's the lift part. And so it happened in two dynamics, disaster relief and non-disaster. But that long term, it basically had a slight shift of the timing. So the shift part mm. is it shifted the timing for slightly from the future to the present because all this campaigning was going on and all this dialogue around these disasters. The net net was that fairly quickly after that disequilibrium caused by this natural disaster, yeah. it, it went back to the steady state pre-disaster equilibrium of giving for both disaster relief organizations and other charities. So again, evidence that people respond, they respond philanthropically, but it doesn't have a major impact on total giving or giving to other charities. Really shows how generous America is. When, when you hear Patrick's data that, you know, the median is $50, meaning the same number of gifts above or below uh, that number, $50, and then the average is in the low 100s, when we hear that the totals are in the millions and billions, right. that's a lot of people making donations. So that again right. shows uh, the generosity that uh, we see here in the United States and as fundraisers uh, that we can associate with. Uh, and at the same time, uh, the numbers can go up for disaster relief, but also for other nonprofits. Although as Patrick reminded us, there's this timing issue that you might see a slight delay in your annual fund after people make that disaster recovery gift. And you know, Patrick, it sounds like maybe the American donor has three pockets perhaps. One would be their charitable giving pocket and here in 2018 we'll have a midterm election at the federal level right. several states will have state elections so there's that kind of political pocket mm -hmm. and then there's the disaster recovery mm -hmm. pocket is that accurate yeah I think that is and and one of the things we've tried to unpack is does giving for political campaigns displace or crowd out giving to charities and mm -hmm. we find no evidence of that so that's a whole nother uh, reel perhaps but but so that pocket is there, mm -hmm. but I think people are using one pocket or one part of their brain or their heart for political giving that's separate from their philanthropic giving. We also found in surveys of corporations and foundations following disasters, many uh, corporations, you know, you may notice, you know, make a million dollar gift. That seems to catch the media's attention. And what we find in talking to them is that those gifts are on top of their normal corporate philanthropy that year. Yeah. And so that's not that's an unbudgeted expense that they bring into their philanthropic you know, portfolio for that disaster. And, and I'm sure it takes a certain amount of threshold of news and, and pain and suffering before they make those larger gifts. But it, it's, it's good to know that those gifts are in addition to and not instead of their other gifts. So let's hope that we don't have too many natural disasters coming up soon, that we have to uh, provide Patrick and his colleagues with more data points on this topic. But we can certainly look back at recent and more distant history to see these effects of natural disasters on charitable giving, which are there but seem to moderate over time and, generally speaking, do not detract from the annual fund of other nonprofits. And, you know, Patrick, I know when the, this uh, comes up, uh, the national media turned 
you and our colleagues and, and also ask, what advice do we have for donors? And you know, some of our fundraisers might be hearing from their donors who are asking about maybe other nonprofits. There is some good guidance, right, for donors. You know, we, we see wonderfully this NFL superstar, J.J. Watt, and right. his family foundation was gonna raise a half a million and they raised over $30 million, right? And all these other causes. But there's some good advice for donors as well. Yeah, so I'd say, you know, one, you know, give cash, mm. you know, or my credit card, yeah. you know. Don't give uh, towels, blankets, bottles of water, and so on and so forth. The charities, the cash is, you know, allows them to meet the most immediate needs. Um, and so, and two, I would recommend giving to the charities that you know and trust for disaster relief giving. You know, there are some legitimate startup charities following each disaster. Um, but there are some scandalous folks who are exploiting people's goodwill uh, during those uh, times of disaster, and they are creating fake charities, and they're stealing basically from the goodwill of, of yeah. others. So stick with the, the brands that you know and love, um, but be prudent about that as well. Um, and then you know, finally, think short-term and long-term. Mm. So the media is here today following each natural disaster. Lots of hype, lots of hyperbole, and lots of good causes to give yes. to, right? You know, the hots and cots, we get that, why mm. that's necessary, right? But, you know, those homes in Puerto Rico, those homes in Houston that were flooded and they have the black mold, those are all gonna have to be torn down and people are going to need new residences, right? And that part is insanely costly. That part doesn't get the same media attention. Yeah. And that part needs more philanthropy and sometimes we forget about that. Even to this day, uh, New Orleans still is recovering from Katrina, to Patrick's right. point. And you know, one of the great happy endings to the J.J. Watt story was how the philanthropic sector surrounded him with collaboration as he chose, uh, as his family serves on that board of his wonderful foundation, to partner with Feeding America and other well-known, well-respected nonprofits, as Patrick suggested, to make that difference there in Houston. And you can continue to make a difference as well. Whether you are in the business of helping people victimized by disasters or with your own annual fund and fundraising, even after those disasters happen, you know that your fundraising can continue to be strong in the aftermath of those events. Patrick, Patrick's research and the rest of the research from our school are available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. And that's where you'll also find information about the fundraising school, our public courses, our webinars, and other resources that can sharpen your fundraising skills and help you raise more money to make the world a better place. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and you are better informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.